Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is that you are and whatever time it is, I hope it's good. Welcome back to another episode of The Learner's Podcast, where we will be once again previewing some of our incredible speakers who are going to be speaking at UXRConf this year, coming up in just a few weeks, beginning of June. You're not going to want to miss it. Today, I'm very lucky to be joined by the one and only Brandy Ludeman, who is the head of user research and consumer insights at a little startup that's not so little anymore called Opendoor. Brandy, thanks for joining me. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. First, I think we have to talk about Opendoor because I think conceptually, this is one of the wildest businesses that has ever existed. <laughs> it must be the highest per customer transaction volume of all time. Like it, it must be, right? I mean, buying houses is a big deal. Yeah, it's not a small transaction for sure. So Brandy, tell me what is Opendoor? So at Opendoor, we buy and sell houses, which is really different from how you might think of a typical real estate tech company, because we're not just like helping you search for them or find them. We're actually partners in the transactions. So as a home seller, you can sell your home to us. And as a home buyer, you can buy a home from us or with us. So I just I just went through this process and I got to tell you, I did not enjoy it one bit. It was miserable from beginning to end. It's not even over yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's pretty incredible because I think you guys do it very, very quickly, right? Well, we try to for sure. Like the goal is to make it like simple, certain, fast and trusted and much, much better than the traditional real estate process. So the, the hope is that we can turn it into even like a kind of a one tap thing that you can do on your phone, which is a little bit of a, a crazy audacious goal. But, but we hope that we can take a lot of that pain out of it that you're talking about. So the same way you can one tap order pizza, maybe one day soon you can one tap buy your next home. That's the idea. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Randy, what kind of stuff do you do there? And tell me a bit about like who's on your team too, because I think that's one of the really interesting things from our conversations. It was digging into like the types of people that you work with too. Yeah, sure. So we do research to support the whole company. We don't draw like really thick lines between product research, design research, marketing research. All of that sits within my team. And we collaborate heavily with other insights generating functions in the organization. So like our analytics team and our voice of the customer team. So we really try to be kind of like a one-stop shop. If you want to understand humans that we serve, come to our team. Um, the people who are on my team are like an awesome mix of fun, kind brainiacs. We have a, a, f- a fair number of PhDs from different social science backgrounds. So anthropology, psychology, economists. And then we also have some folks who come from a more traditional kind of like tech background. Um, for example, one of the first researchers at Airbnb, who's a background in um, design and computer science. So we have a really, a really good mix of folks. And I tried to, I tried to build a, a team of spiky generalists where spiky means they're like really awesome and world-class at stuff. And ideally they spike in different directions. So we have like a pretty uh, wide variety of, of awesome humans. You're like a coronavirus. Spikes in all different directions. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, was that that's too that's that's too much. Um, but that was when you said spiky, your team is really spiky. That's the only image that popped into my head because we've seen so many of those uh, images in the last couple of years for obvious reasons. You're not wrong. Um, not about this. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, so like I think 
this is this is a good segue because one of the things that in our conversations you told me you're really interested in and basically what one of the things you're gonna be talking about is th- there's this real lack, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this real lack of an understanding of what growth looks like and what levels look like in our discipline. And with such a varied team with so many different areas of expertise, it must be particularly challenging for you as the leader of that team to kind of figure out what that looks like. But that's exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So I'm working on helping improve the levels and expectations for our whole design team. So open uh, the research team at Open Door sits within our design team, alongside product designers, brand designers, content designers, writers. And we do have a really like an even more heterogeneous mix of people when you zoom out from just the research team. And we also have really, really high-performing world-class people, as I was just talking about. Um, and we have in our ICs uh, with our individual contributors, we, we tend to attract not just amazing ICs, but also people who used to be managers and directors, but who wanted to go back to doing the work. And so we have some like pretty senior, incredibly high-performing ICs that were bumping up against the top of like what we had defined in our existing levels and expectations. Because our, our well, you know, as you said, we were a small startup not too long ago. And when we wrote this thing, we had a fairly small team of somewhat junior people. And now we have these like very senior rock stars. And so that was a big, not the only, but a big part of my motivation for working on this was trying to figure out like, how do I craft a really compelling, exciting career growth journey for these like amazing senior people. What are some of the things, I mean, you know, you're seeing this from the people on your team, but what does it kind of look like when people are getting to that point where they don't really know where they're growing to, or they don't really know what comes next? You know, what do do you know a little bit about what that kind of looks and feels like from, from the people you've worked with? Yeah. So I actually, being being a researcher by trade, I've been doing interviews of um, people all over our design team and uh, also starting to talk to people outside of Open Door. And what I've observed is that when there is a lack of clarity or ambiguity, people kind of jump to their own conclusions and fill in the blanks. Hmm. And sometimes the way they fill in the blanks is really motivating and they're inspired and excited. Other times it's less so. And they sort of assume that there are caps on their career that might not really be there. Or they have a really hard time even envisioning what's next. Because this is another, another tricky thing with the level that my, my team is. When you look around at other companies of a similar size, well, when you look within our company for sure, and then even if you broaden to look at look at other places like us, you don't see a lot of people at that level of seniority and caliber. And so it's hard to see like, What's next after a senior staff role? Like, what's the difference between principal and fellow? And how do I like, how do I stretch into that? And how do I get excited about that if I'm not, if it's not easy to see other exemplars? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's a big part of it is trying to like paint, paint a picture where it's not obvious, like uh, what, what it should look like. You know, I know you're doing a lot of research to kind of figure out, like, conceptually, like, what's the framework for for developing these roadmaps, for analyzing this stuff? Is there anything in particular that that has stuck out for you as a really important thing to index on when developing these or when tracking people against uh, these growth things that you didn't really expect to be so prevalent or as important when it comes to like this growth stuff? 
I think one thing that's standing out to me is how many tensions there are involved in creating a good framework. There's just, there are a lot of places where our design staff, that's what we call that, like the, the group of leaders who leads our design team, we just have to sit down and talk about like where we want to fall on a whole bunch of different spectrums. So for example, how vague versus how specific we want our levels and expectations to be. Hmm. Because if they're really vague, that gives a lot of generalizability. It can apply to a lot of different disciplines. Mm -hmm. um, and it also gives the managers the opportunity um, to like discuss in a lot of detail and like kind of like provide concrete examples that are applicable to the exact situation. However, it can also make it feel more subjective um, and have people fill in these gaps um, as like we were talking about before. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's like, how specific do you want to be? Because if you become really specific, then it makes it harder to generalize to other disciplines. And it also might feel like really checklisty, which can get mm -hmm. you into all sorts of trouble because, you know, it, you may have, if you have a like specific type of project that's necessary to complete before you can go to the next level, but the opportunity to do that project doesn't arise, like then what? Then you're stuck, right? Yeah. So I guess for me, what, what has been really interesting and sort of unexpected about this journey is like how many of those philosophical kind of like deep, meaty philosophical questions you need to answer before you can like get to the work of actually writing the thing. This really feels like one of those canonical wicked problems almost where, you know, the more specificity you bring in, the more you define a problem in a specific way, the less helpful it is or the less useful it is. I've always been fascinated by like the concept of wicked problems because a lot, I, I see them come up in research a lot. Um, so one of like the classic characteristics of a wicked problem is every time you define the problem, you by definition define the solution that is required. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you say like, hey, part of the problem is there's not enough specific skills that are part of this framework, for example, well, by definition, the solution is we have to put specific skills in there. But at the same time, if you put a lot of specific skills in there, you lose the ability to, again, be flexible, for example. So that's really interesting. Basically, it comes down to a lot of this. It's like, what are the things that we value and, and what is the right approach for probably for us, even, not just this team, but maybe even just this moment in time, too? Yeah, I think that's right. That's super neat. Um when you think about like such a varied, um, you, you have so many different experts on your team, right? And you're thinking about creating like this framework for growth and for leveling and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that this is the kind of thing where it's going to be more of a, a guide where managers are going to be expected to like take this and then, you know, kind of modify to each individual? Or are you hoping that this is going to be something where each individual could hypothetically just take it on their own and be like, I know what to do with this? Yeah. Well, you're bringing up, I think, at least two more of these interesting spectrums that have attention that we, we need to tackle and haven't yet as a design team. So you're talking to me like, while we're in the trenches... And by the time we get to the conference, I'll have like, I'll tell you how we how we're still figuring it out. And sort of the two dimensions that I'm thinking of that you bring up is one is how much we want career growth to be driven by the individuals themselves versus the managers. Mm. So like who gets held accountable and to what extent? Like, is this something that the IC totally drives? Or not necessarily an IC, because you know, this will be for our managers too, but like that the individual themselves drives or like 
Do we hold managers accountable saying like, you know, you must have your team fill out these, you know, personal development plans. And I don't know where we're going to land along that spectrum. Like, I don't think we'll be at either extreme, but like where exactly we'll, we'll land, I'm not sure. And the other one is kind of how structured versus how freewheeling to go hmm. with kind of the overall growth plan themselves. Um, with one end being like, we have these three templates and you must use these <laughs> 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 to like, oh, you know, do whatever you want, which is sort of where we are now, to be honest with you. So I think we'll, <laughs> we're definitely going to, we're going to float over into the more structured zone. But exactly where we'll land on that spectrum, I, I think is a, is a tricky question because different things work for different people. And I've heard in the interviews that I've done that like, it's been really motivating our lack of structure because it, it has more, you're driven more by intrinsic motivation. Like I'm writing this thing for myself, for my own career versus like I'm writing this because I'm being told to. So it feels more like authentic versus like just a business process. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the answer yet, but I can tell you the interesting dimensions along with your thinking. Well, I think that's that's probably the most insightful stuff. And that's what I'm excited to learn from you uh, in June too, because if there's anything I've learned in my career and research is how contextual like everything is and how, you know, without understanding the the situation you're in the environment you're in the time you're in it's it can be really hard to make good recommendations and provide and have good judgment and whatnot and but but the way you think about things is extremely powerful and so it's going to be really interesting to hear from all these lessons that you've learned as you've gone through this process with a very interesting team in a very high growth environment with a lot of pressures and how you kind of bring this together to like you know whatever is best best thing you think fits for that moment and then like how you hope other people think about these issues as well. So I'm super excited. I think this is going to be one of those talks that like people are going to look at and be like, okay, now, now I know how to think about my own growth and my team's growth. Now I know how to like have the next conversation, maybe the next five conversations. And that's just, that's so important given where we are as a field right now. So I'm really excited for your talk. Thanks. I'm really excited too. So for all you listening in, this is like one of those things where it's like, hey, I really want to get ahead of my career. I really want to get that promotion. I want to get that raise, whatever it is. This is one of those talks you're going to want to pay attention to. So coming on June 6th and 7th, you know where you got to be. You got to be tuning in either online for free or be one of the few that gets to come hang out in person in New York City, Brooklyn at 99 Scott, a wonderful venue for a wonderful event. So I hope to see you there. You can grab tickets and register at uxrconference.com. Brandy, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thanks again for having me. Cool. All right. We'll see you all later. Take care.